Today's scripture reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, the 28th chapter, the first 10 verses. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord descending from heaven came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid. I know that you have come looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here for he has been raised as he said. Come, see the place where he lay, and then go quickly and tell his disciples. He has been raised from the dead, and indeed he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So the women left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell the disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them, and they came to him and worshipped him, because he said to them, greetings, which can be translated, rejoice. And then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell the others that I am going ahead of you to Galilee. There they will see me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. In some stories, the audience has been learning the plot developments well before the characters do, so that we then are able to just observe as the characters learn what we already know. Other stories take the opposite approach, building suspense by keeping the audience in the dark about what's coming so that we watch from the edge of our seats or we read avidly turning every page as the next event is encountered by us right alongside the characters. The Gospels use both of these approaches, foreshadowing while also immersing us in the story that we together told last Sunday. We are right alongside the characters as Jesus makes his boisterous entrance into Jerusalem amidst palm fronds and loud hosannas. And then his poignant Last Supper with his disciples. And then his betrayal and arrest and the resulting desertion and denial by his friends. And then his sham trial, his cruel execution his hasty burial. So right now, we might be right alongside these stricken women as they stumble through the pre-dawn to visit the tomb of their newly dead friend and teacher. Now, we might remember that Jesus had repeatedly predicted his death and subsequent resurrection. But even if we did remember that, let's be real, we'd still be right alongside all the other disciples thinking, yeah, right. He was wrong. And now he's dead. The details differ, but every gospel tells the story of the disciples who remain in the dark about God's work in Jesus Christ all the way through the big reveal of Easter. 
And yet we probably can't recall any time of not knowing the plot line's climactic twist. I mean, Jesus's resurrection never warranted a spoiler alert for any of us. That means that instead of empathetically undergoing every step of the disciples' journey as they experience it, we've always had the luxury of smiling knowingly and watching calmly as they have gone through this trudge through the gloom. We've continued to know it all already as mysterious messengers have addressed their pain with, do not be afraid, he has been raised. And we're even so familiar with this story that our attention may actually wander as these faithful women are challenged to go and tell the great good news. There's never been much of an opportunity for us to be in the dark about this story's outcome because we've always lived on this side of that Easter. For us, Easter has always been bright with joy because the conclusion of the story is something that we have always known. Except this year, we feel far less in the know, far more in the dark. For us this year, perhaps more than ever before, we are able to empathize with Jesus's first disciples. Like them, we are afraid, even though our Holy Scripture insistently invites us to move beyond that. We're not afraid of Rome, but of COVID-19. Like the first disciples, we are bewildered by the loss of something we never really considered at risk. Maybe not the loss of our teacher and friend, but the loss of our freedom to be with our teachers and friends. Like the first disciples, we are anxious about our future and we are imprisoned in our rooms. We are in despair and death feels realer than it's ever felt before. And it all happened so fast for them and for us. This Easter, in ways we've never known before, we are uncomfortably like Jesus's first disciples, in the dark about what will happen next. When will this pandemic end? What heartbreaks and hardships lie between here and there? In this situation, we are as in the dark as any disciple on that first Easter day. So let's linger with them. Let's receive whatever blessings may be found by standing right alongside these women this Easter as never before. When we do, we notice first that anxiety has led them to focus on death. They have come to a tomb. Elsewhere in the story, we learn that these women provided for Jesus out of their own resources, but clearly those resources did not include the unbounded imagination to anticipate God's unbounded triumph over all the powers of sin and evil 
and death. And so the women are alarmed at the arrival of an angel. Standing alongside these women, I wonder how many angels there are appearing to us these days, little bright reminders of the goodness of God, the goodness of home and health, friends and family, food, flowers, books, games, pets, prayers, opportunities to give in support of those who have so much less. Perhaps there are even angels at work in this suddenly inescapable technology. Apparently mischievous angels enjoying the fact that as we are now all having to live our lives on camera, we are also unable to get a haircut. But what does this Easter angel say? Precisely what angels are forever saying, again and again, saying to earth because earth seems unable to fully receive their holy message. But maybe now, at last, we will receive it because we need to hear and hold these holy words. Do not be afraid. Standing right alongside these women, how do these words change you? And how about the next part of the angel's message? He has been raised, as he said. God has done what God said. God's promises are kept. God is inexpressibly powerful, and God is faithful. Let that sink in, too. Because now the angel pivots. Now we are not only to receive this message, we are to carry this message. Go and tell, says the angel. So now, standing right alongside these women, we hurry along the path, feeling the residue of old fear, mingling with an infusion of fresh joy. And then, lo and behold, there's Jesus helping us all, the women and you and me helping us all hear and hold the holy message. Do not be afraid, but go and tell. Will you? Church, we are not in the dark. We know who this story is. And we who know this story, we who have been blessed to hear God's promises and even more to witness them fulfilled in countless moments of grace, grace at the table, grace at the font, grace in confession, grace in pardon, grace in prayer, grace in proclamation, grace in fellowship, grace in service, grace in community, and for a little while, grace in separation. We who are not in the dark about the outcome of this story, God's story, we have a calling, and it goes like this. First, do not be afraid. And second, go and tell. Go and tell that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. Christ is risen indeed. And the challenging path that we are now walking on is a path that he knows well because he goes ahead of us. 
by the power of the Holy Spirit and through the person of the risen Christ, there is no sacrifice, no sadness, no suffering that God does not share and show us the way through. Rejoice. Do not be afraid. Go and tell because people need this message of hope. And on this unique Easter, with its odd intimacy of worshiping from home, I wonder if one of the people you need to go and tell is yourself. It may be that the person who most needs to hear your voice speaking the words, do not be afraid, God keeps God's promises. I wonder if that person is you. I'll confess that saying those words in this sermon has been good for me because I need reminding that although we are in the dark about this pandemic, we are not in the dark about the victory and power, the goodness, the love, the presence, of God in whose story we find resurrection life. Do not be afraid. Go and tell. Alleluia. Amen.